Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton, North Carolina. We want to share with you sweet songs of worship and an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from heaven into your heart and home, right where you are. Children and their children, and their children, may his favor be upon you. 
patience and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going. Friend, I'm so thankful to have you listening today to the broadcast, and I'm glad to be back with you. We finished the study of Daniel last week, had a, just a phenomenal look at the prophecies in Daniel and what's going to happen. And now I'm going to begin for just a few weeks a study of the book of Psalms. And after I finish the short series on Psalms, we're going to begin a study of the most powerful book on the gospel of salvation in the Bible, which is the book of Romans. But today I'm so glad to be with you. And the beautiful worship music has been such a blessing. And I want us to prepare our hearts for the Word of God. During this stressful time, we must turn our eyes to the ultimate source of our hope, which is God Himself. There is a God in heaven, and His name is Yahweh. And He has a son named Jesus, and He has uh, the Holy Spirit who moves and works in the world. And so we're going to be looking today at Psalm 37, a beautiful Psalm of David, a Psalm written in his older years. It has the fragrance of an aged and calm man who has lived through the trials of his youth and bears his eyewitness account of God's ultimate faithfulness. 
all the way through his life, through many trials in David's life, he discovered God is faithful. And I want to speak today on the faithfulness of God. So I feel God wants me to share this psalm during this difficult time in our nation, this difficult time in our world, that this psalm gives us powerful truths that will encourage us to trust in the faithfulness of God in our lives. Even when it seems that God is not faithful, we can still trust in the faithful God. Within this psalm, there's an idea of waiting on God to handle the situation, waiting on God to handle the wicked, those who scheme against the righteous, which is a common theme running through all the psalms. So I want to declare to you today that God is always faithful to his children. Let's unpack this amazing psalm. We'll do it over the course of two weeks. Today I'm going to read verses 1 through 20, Psalm 37, and then we're going to look at the faithfulness of God. The Bible says this, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes at him with his teeth, The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. I want to give to you 16 promises outlined in this psalm. Today we're going to look at eight promises, the promises of God's faithfulness to his children. And if you don't feel like you're a child of God, you can be by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the perfect God man who died for you. But I want to look at these promises to God's children. Number one, God is faithful to handle evildoers. Do not fret because of evildoers, the psalmist writes, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. All we have to do is watch the news to see what kind of evildoers we have in our nation and in our world. And it's frustrating. There are wicked people in this world and in this country. And the temptation for us is to get agitated and angry and up in arms, to get all upset. 
And there is a righteous anger. But here David writes so clearly that we must not get up in arms about the schemes of the wicked or fret and get all agitated about these folks. Why? Because God is able to handle them. God is sovereign in the heavens, and they will be cut down in due season. God will handle the wicked. God will judge them in righteousness and deal with them. Hebrews 10.30 says, For we know him who said, quote, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Don't worry about the wicked. Let God handle the wicked. Those that, that are liars, mean-spirited, murderers, malicious peoples, let God deal with them and trust him to do what is right and just concerning them. Don't fret about the wicked because God is faithful to handle the evildoers. Number two, God is faithful to give you what you desire. The Bible promises right here in the scripture, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. We can feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. We could spend this whole broadcast on this one set of verses. What a promise of God. If we trust in the Lord, if we lean on him, if we believe him in his word, when you completely trust God for your needs, then God will move in your life and show himself faithful to give you the desires of your heart. This does not mean you can just pray for an expensive Porsche because that's what you want. And God is obligated to give you this high-end vehicle, but it does mean if you trust him and do what he wants and do what's right in his eyes, then you will dwell in the land of his faithfulness. And then God will give you what you want because he will help align your want to with his will do. This is the alignment of your will and his will. And this is the place of blessing in your life. God is faithful to give you what you desire. He'll put those desires in your heart and then give them to you. So let's line up our desires with the will of God and watch what God will do in our lives. Number three, God is faithful to use you as a witness. The Bible says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness, which is nothing more than imputed righteousness of Christ as the light and your justice as the noonday. This righteousness is practical righteousness. It is a righteousness that uh, derives from the righteousness of Christ working in and through us. The only real righteousness that we have is only what Christ has given us through the cross of Christ. The imputed or gifted righteousness he gives to all who believe in his name. Your practical righteousness will shine. Jesus said, let your light shine so that others will see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. This reminds me of a little song we sang as children. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. God will use you. Friend, if you commit your way to him, if you trust him, he will cause your light, the light of the righteousness and the glory of Christ in you to shine to your family, your friends, your neighbors, and you will become a bright light of the truth of Jesus Christ where you are. Number four, God is faithful to give you rest. The Bible says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Don't, don't, in other words, don't get up in arms about those that seem to be prospering in wickedness. 
It's easy to fall into that trap. See, and people bring wicked schemes to pass. You can get all up in arms. But the Bible says this, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. You got to remember, God is faithful to give you that soul rest. The promise of the faithfulness of God will, will give you rest even when you're angry and upset and don't understand what he's doing. The command is wait on God. Trust God and he will give you soul rest that you desire. This rest in the Lord speaks of a particular kind of rest, the rest of silence, ceasing from words of self-defense, ceasing from striving and ceasing from anger. The idea is that we will not speak to defend or justify ourselves. We will rest and trust in God to protect us. We'll trust in God to handle the wicked in the land. We'll trust in God to handle the wicked that are around us. We can rest in the Lord. We can trust him and don't come up in arms about the wicked. This is a beautiful promise. In fact, Jesus said we're to love our enemies. We're to do good to those that persecute us. We're to respond in a different way than the world responds. And so this rest speaks of the faith that we have and then of the faithfulness of God to act in response. So my question to you is, do you have complete confidence in God? to handle those people in your life who are doing wrong and wicked towards you. You can trust a holy and just God who is sovereign over all. You can put your faith in him and find that faithful, how faithful God is to help you in your circumstance. Number five, God is faithful to give you peace. The Bible says in verses 9 through 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. This in the Hebrew, shalom. This is a very famous uh, and common expression in Hebrew even today. Many are familiar with this word, shalom, as a greeting. But this shalom, uh, in a better understanding, it means from the root word shalom, which means to be safe in mind, body, or a state. It speaks of completeness, of fullness, or a type of wholeness that encourages you to give back, to generously repay something in some way. True biblical shalom refers to an inward sense of completeness or wholeness. Although it can describe the absence of war, a majority of Bible references refer to an inner completeness and an inner tranquility. The meek shall inherit the earth. Jesus quoted this line in the Sermon on the Mount. In the third beatitude, Matthew 5, 5, it's right to say that Psalm 37 is an exposition of the third beatitude, even though it was written a thousand years before Jesus began his public ministry. It unfolds the character of the meek or trusting person in the face of the apparent prosperity of the wicked, uh, Dr. Boyce says. So Jesus expounded on this, that the meek shall inherit the earth. According to the description by the psalmist, a person who is meek, and trusting in God will discover the inner completeness and tranquility that results from believing God will act and he will move supernaturally. My question to you today, friend, is does this describe you? Do you have this shalom? Do you have this peace, the abundance of peace in your life? But you can have because it's supernaturally attained by the Holy Spirit of God when he comes into you and births in you this abundance of peace. Number six, 
God is faithful to bring the attack of the wicked back upon themselves. This is a beautiful promise right here in verses 12 through 15. That God will protect his own and the sword of the wicked shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. The image here is the sword of the wicked. The attack of the wicked will be turned back around upon themselves. So when somebody attacks you, uh, when somebody verbally attacks you or physically attacks you, then you can hold on to the promise of God that he will be your help, your strength, and he will turn that back upon themselves. Just trust God. Now, I'm not saying you don't have the right self-defense. Of course, we have the right to self-defense, but we don't get up in arms. And, and uh, we can, if we try to defend ourselves in a, against slander or other issues, we're going to find that God can defend us much better, that trusting him is much better. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. God is faithful to protect you against the attacks of the wicked. And right now in the turmoil we're in, we need to claim the promise of God in His Word. We need to claim it in Psalm 91, that He who dwells in the secret place will be under the wings and the shadow and the protection of the Almighty God. He will protect you. You can claim it and you can believe it because it's absolutely true, friend, and you can take it to the bank. Number seven, God is faithful to uphold you, verses 16 through 17. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. I love this. I love this. God is not hindered by anything. He's not hampered by anything. I know some ask, well, what about the, why does God allow wicked things? Why does he even allow the wicked to live? Well, that's a long story. But let me say this. The promise of God is he will, in the end, uphold the righteous, those that are in a relationship with with God through Jesus Christ, and the arms of the wicked ultimately shall be broken. God will judge the wicked. We know in Revelation there's a time coming when all people, small and great, rich and poor, every person that ever lives will stand before God and give an account for all we've done. But even while we're here, the promise is God will uphold his children. Jesus promised this in Matthew 11. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here it is, friend. When you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ in a relationship to the Lord God, he will lift up the yoke and he will help you. In fact, he'll carry you. When you go through the fire, it won't burn you. When you go through the the waters that are uh, uh, flooding, they won't drown you because God will hold you. God will help you. God will sustain you. God will lift you up when you think you're drowning, but you've got to trust in him. You've got to put your faith in him, and you've got to call on him. The psalmist says, I cried out to the Lord, and the Lord brought me up out of the miry clay and set my feet on the rock and put a new song in my mouth. Hallelujah. Praise to our God. He'll do it for you. And I'm telling you on the authority of God's word that he is faithful to uphold you, friend, if you will trust him and call on him. Number eight, God is faithful to satisfy you. Oh, how we need to learn this promise of God that God will satisfy you. The devil will promise everything in the world. 
Moses was promised all the the, the wealth and the uh, sensual pleasures of Egypt, but instead he chose the reproach of Christ over the absolute pleasures of Egypt. He chose to let God satisfy him. The Bible says, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. God will even find a way to provide for his own when others have nothing. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. This echoes Jesus' teaching. In other words, he will give blessing on earth to those who are meek, those who are finding their their faithful God in their life and relationship. They will find that God will promise uh, everything that he gives. He will promise his promises will work it out in your life and you can find that he will do what he said he would do it is a simple matter of what he has said believing that and then acting as if that he's going to do it and he will do it and he will sustain you in the time of famine he is faithful to satisfy you and provide for you there's a true story about the great british preacher whose name is charles spurgeon who lived uh, 58 years, basically died in 1892. He's from uh, England, but he tells of some bitter opposition and some terrible attacks that plagued him for years. Every Monday, he would receive a letter after his preaching on Sunday, and uh, the letters were ugly. They were, they were critical. Uh, in fact, they were very demeaning, demeaning his ministry, his preaching. So Spurgeon would commit to listening to the criticisms in these letters, and no matter how painful and no matter how difficult, he, he read them and he would fire off a response to his harsh critics. Let me tell you this. Uh, Spurgeon uh, wrote in his uh, autobiography that these letters, sometimes they were anonymous letters, complaining or abusive or even blasphemous, And he said it was with peculiar satisfaction that they were prevented from ever wounding the beloved servant of the Lord for whom they were intended by those who wrote them. In other words, Charles Spurgeon would not allow this wicked attack to taint his soul, to make him up in arms, to begin to defend himself. The great preacher in the Metropolitan Tabernacle trusted in God to move. And what did he do? He listened to the the harsh criticisms And he turned that around to try to improve his ministry. He handled this horrific attack on his character and his ministry by using that to refine his skills and become the greatest expositor of the Scriptures probably in 500 years. And he responded with faith in God. And he returned good for the evil he experienced by writing letters of gracious kindness back to those who sent those ugly letters. And that reminds me of what God says in Romans 8. For uh, God will work out all things for good, for the good to those who love him and who are the called according to his purpose. God will turn it into good in the end. God turned this attack into good and made for a greater preacher and made for a greater ministry, a worldwide international ministry to whom we still look to Charles Spurgeon as inspiration. Friend, God is faithful to handle the wicked. And he will turn what the enemy meant for evil into good. I want to encourage you today that he will help you. He will prevail for you through all the trials that you're facing, through every difficulty, 
every financial, every family, every relationship trial, but you got to trust in him. You got to call on him and find that he will keep every promise he has made. And he will, when you're totally helpless and fearful, you can turn to God. You can trust him and find that God is faithful and he'll give you the desires of your heart and he'll bless you. So let's pray today as we wrap this up. God, in the name of Jesus, we pray that we'll commit our way to you. God, will commit our faith completely in your power and your promises of the word that we would lean on them, Lord. We would not try to, to, to supply our own needs. God, we trust you to supply them. We try to, when we try to get out of our own mess, God, we make a bigger mess. So, God, we're asking you to help us to trust you, to lean on you, to uh, absorb your promises and act on them, that we would be the meek, that we would be the inheritors of the earth and receive all that you have for us through Jesus Christ our Lord, I pray. Speak to everyone listening and minister to them through the Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, let's commit ourselves to God and totally trust in Him through this week and realize that God is faithful and He will always be faithful regardless. So until next week, may the Lord bless you immensely. Thank you for listening to Crestview Inspiration. May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk this week. So on behalf of the Crestview family, we invite you back next week, Friday at 10 a.m. on WPTL as we spread the good news of Jesus.